Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you, John, and hello, friends, and welcome to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. We're so delighted that you have chosen to listen in today because I'm really excited about about who we have here in the studio recording today, and that is Kaylee McKnight. And Kaylee, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for having me, Pastor Mark. Yeah, and and you did. You only got a half a cup of coffee in you. Are you going to be all right? I'm going to be all right. I'm going Good to, make to go. It through. All right. If you go to sleep, I will wake you up. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Good. Good enough. Well, uh, Kaylee has got an incredible story of God's redeeming grace that we want to share today, especially as we think about the sanctity of human life Sunday coming up and all of those events. And this, you're just, just bear with me. This is going to be a great, great podcast today. So Kaylee McKnight is executive director for First Choice for Women located in Muncie, Indiana, right? Yes, yes. Okay, in Magoo, And Muncie. we also have a second location in Anderson. In Anderson, too. Great. Okay, I didn't know that. She's married to Jeremy, and she has three children. And I'm going to do my best to get these right. I practiced. I really <laughs> did. I practiced yes. on this, all right? So we have Kalena. Yes. And we have Christiana. Yes. Oh, good. Joanna. Yes. The oh, easy one. <laughs> man, I did it, folks. I did it. I'm going to treat myself with a donut when this is all over just because. So, Amen. Three beautiful children. Um, Kaylee has spoken here at Kenwood at my church. She spoke back in January of this year mm-hmm. and did a fantastic job, shared her testimony. And I want her to share her testimony. So, Kaylee, I just want you to just go back and to the past, wherever you'd like to start. And begin telling your journey of how you came to faith in Christ and how you found hope when life seems so hopeless for you. All right. Well, um, I'm definitely, I must say, I'm humbled and honored to be able to share this and to be able to be on here with you. I appreciate that opportunity. Um, I want to go back to, I was 15 years old, and... I was participating in a National American Miss pageant in the summer, and I was pregnant. And no one knew at that time except me and my best friend. And I went through that pageant, and I walked down the aisle with my dad, and I didn't know what was lying ahead. I didn't know what the plan would be. Um we got home from that pageant. I did play second in the dance portion. I was very excited about that. Okay. Um, but we got home from that, and I ended up sharing that news with them on the back porch, and I, I let them know I was pregnant. And their their faces were just, they were shocked. I had been a straight A, a and B mm-hmm. student uh, in sports and dance. I was very active, um, and I think everything just went dark. Yeah. And so from that evening forward, 
the decision was the best choice was to get an abortion. Was this something your parents were, this was kind of their advice to you as well? Was this kind of like a family consensus that this was the best thing? It was, to be real frank, it was a consensus, but I think I was that, I want. I wanted to hide that that was a consensus, mm-hmm. you know. So in my mind, I was just having a moment of being angry towards them. You can't do this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all reality, I was just as scared as they were. Yeah. And yeah. the doctors had told them because they had from that point forward. That was earlier in the lunch day, and mm-hmm. so they had already gotten on the phone with the doctor and talked to them. And I was on antidepressants at that time. And the doctors informed them that either I was going to lose my life or the baby's insides were going to be on the outside. There was no positive outcome to keep me and the child together and that the best option was abortion. And so even in their ignorance, they did not know either. They And to listen to a doctor, you have a degree, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is the best option for Mm -hmm. our family. And they, they had, I'm adopted. And so they went out of their way to receive me as their child. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand taking that into account. This baby that we Mm -hmm. longed for is now facing a a possible death Mm -hmm. if we allow her to keep this baby. Mm-hmm. And anyways, it's just a clump of cells because it's less than 10 weeks old. And so that was the running theme. This isn't mm-hmm. real yet, and we can take care of it before it gets real. Mm-hmm. And so they scheduled an appointment, and we went to the doctor in Indianapolis, and it was a 24-hour process. You have to go and watch a video I sat in a little cubicle and I watched the video by myself mm-hmm. um, and they were out in the waiting room and the video just explains the clump of cells and how it will be removed and life will go back to normal. And no one talked to me about my choice. No one gave any direction or education as to where this was taking me. So there was no other alternative presented to you at that time? No. It seemed like the only path for you. Yes, because how else can I keep my A's and B's, continue to dance and play sports, go off to college? This is the only way to Mm -hmm. keep my life. Mm -hmm. This was it. And so uh, we watched the video. I watched the video. We went home. It was a silent drive. We got up the next morning because you had to wait 24 hours after watching the video. Mm -hmm. And the choice was still the same because there was no education to differ that choice. And my mind was just numb. I'm not really in the mode of thinking at right. 15 years old. No, of course not. Um, yeah. And my parents are in fear themselves. And so we all drive up there, and they stay in the waiting room, and I go in by myself to the doctor. And um, there was an ultrasound that they did. Mm-hmm. And some people say that the video screen is not facing them, but it was facing me, and I could see the heartbeat. And I asked if I could have a picture. And I don't know why I asked, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it happened. And she told me yes, but I never got that picture. But I could see that heartbeat. And that was giving them the the mindset of what kind of abortion they needed to perform. Mm -hmm. 
because during certain weeks you have different abortion procedures. And so the doctor came in and he gave me a breast exam. I don't know why. And then he went on to do the procedure and they had that silver plate filled with all the utensils they would need. And he, um, there was no sedatives. There was no shots. There was nothing to really calm the pain really? that was going to occur. Oh my. Um, so it was just something that I needed to hold still, and it was like a annual physical exam, and that, that was not the case. And so when the procedure began, he inserted this different tools, and all of a sudden I remember the suction, and it reminded me of a bicycle pump or a basketball mm -hmm. pump. And I'm listening to that. And at the same time, I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling sick. And they told me to be quiet. And I was, I, I didn't know. I'm, I'm by myself in a cold right. room yes. with two strangers telling me to be quiet while they're ripping my insides out. Oh. And I just cried. I didn't, yeah. I mean, there's nothing I can do. It's being silent when you're going through pain that people you're now feeling forced into yeah, this situation. Yeah. And when it was all said and done, I never looked at the tube. I never looked what was in the tube, but they left and gave me a little bucket to get sick in if I needed to mm. and gave me a pad and said, we'll be out there. Just get ready and we'll see you out in the hall. Wow. You know, I, I can hardly, I, I don't know how, how you're able hardly to share this, but I appreciate you sharing it because I'm sitting here and my heart's broken. I mean, my, I'm just deeply moved as I hear this sad story unfolding. I mean, I've got four daughters, and I think about if one of my daughters was in that situation and having to go through what you went through, I cannot imagine at 15 what you felt and seeing the heartbeat and then the pain, the loneliness, um, how you kept mentioning this matter of fear. Uh, what, what was that like for you in that room? As far as the fear goes, what was your greatest fear you think at that point when you were going through this procedure? Being alone, just that alone, being alone, totally. Because the, yeah. Yeah, as a child, you you can run when you're when you're scared at night and you have a bad dream. Mm -hmm. You run to your parents' bedroom, and <laughs> even if they're the parents that kick you out, yeah. <laughs> they tell you go back to bed. Right? Yes, now. there's still that yeah. response. There's still something to that that mm -hmm. you know you're okay. Yeah, I didn't know I was okay, and I wow. didn't believe I was okay, and no one was there to tell me to go back. Mm -hmm. No one was there to tell me I was okay. Yeah. And even my parents out in the waiting room, they, I still don't, they don't really know what all happened. Right. And right. they especially didn't know in that moment, they right. didn't know what was happening to their daughter. And I'm sure in all reality, if they could go back, they would mm -hmm. have changed it too. Yes. Yeah. And you're probably going to get into this in a little bit, but I think one thing that our listeners need to know is that so, so often young girls that are caught in this situation and are, they're not told the full truth. So right. many times they go to these clinics and they go to these places and they're not really told the full story, just as you weren't told the full story. Um, 
you know, I can't imagine what that was like having been told this is just a clump of cells and then suddenly you're seeing a heartbeat on a screen. Yeah. Um, some That had to just make all kinds of questions begin to pop up in your head. Oh, yeah. As you were there. And at, at 15, you don't, for me, I didn't feel like I had an option to back mm-hmm. out at that point. Yeah. I had already, of course, I'd already lost my virginity, and there was a lot more to that in previous times mm-hmm. where it had all, my virginity had been taken from me. And so those moments relating, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't have a way out. You just have to be quiet and get done to the next moment. Yeah. And then you can cl- you can clean yourself up and you can stand back up and go forward in the next moment. But in that time, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. So as I'm seeing a heartbeat, I'm seeing that they were wrong. I'm seeing yeah. the video is not a clump of cells. I'm seeing all the truth that mm-hmm. was shared on the movie is now a lie. And this is the truth. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, so let's go back. They said to you, you know, you as if this was all going to take place. It would be a simple procedure. It would all be over. Life is going to return back to normal. Did that really happen, Kaylee? No, no. I um, we drove home and I was silent. I was hard, very mm-hmm. hard hearted. Um, and I asked my parents to drop me off at the fair. And they dropped me off at the 4-H fair that was going on. And I got out of the car, told them I hated them, and shut the door. Mm. And I went and got a funnel cake and hung out with my friends. And that was me trying to be normal. Mm-hmm. But from that point forward, I dove into all kinds of crazy antics with mm-hmm. drugs and mm-hmm. drinking and m- many relationships. It was It was terrible. It was not normal. My grades plummeted. I dropped out of school. Nothing was the same from that day forward. As a 15-year-old, you didn't even know how to process this Mm -mm. because there there were so many things going on, you know, grief and loss. And you didn't even realize that there would be a sense, no doubt, of grief and loss that you would feel from this. And so looking back, as you can look back now as an adult, what do you think you were trying to do? What, what, what were you trying to accomplish by turning to like drugs and alcohol and other things? What were you trying to find as you look back now that maybe you couldn't even understand then why you were taking this downward spiral in your life? Uh, I think in my mind it was a fight or flight mode is what happened. My brain just went into fight or flight and how do I protect myself because now I'm on my own. I lost trust for my parents and they didn't even necessarily deserve that. But I, that was my, Mm -hmm. that was what happened. I just hated everyone and I didn't trust anyone. And so what can I do to just protect myself Mm -hmm. and take care of myself and love myself? This is what I can do to love myself. I can make it all disappear and I can feel good. And to me, there was nothing that was going to fill that until I met God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when when that day came, I remember I was I I had already met my now husband and we were living together at the time. Um, cuz I'm bouncing forward a lot. I've I've had another child by this time. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember laying in our apartment and I'm looking at the ceiling just bawling. Yeah. And it was like the Lord was telling me, Kaylee, it's now or never. 
mm-hmm. because I had always had a hunger and thirst, but I never really knew what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'd keep asking my friends, you know, when are we going to stop doing all this stuff? When when are we mm-hmm. going to go to church? Like, I just, I didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah, I just amazing. knew it was yeah. somewhere over yeah. there. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I just laid there in bed yeah. looking at the ceiling and I could hear the verse that I had heard from somewhere, I can't recall Mm -hmm. where, but I remember the verse that talked about being um, disrespectful to your parents and having a shortened life Mm -hmm. because of it. And the Lord, to me, that was the Lord using that moment to say, if you continue in this path, this is all it's going to lead to. Right. Are you going to continue or are you going to change? Right. And I woke up that next morning and I had no desire to use anything but I had a deep desire to read the Word. Isn't that amazing? What a miracle. I mean, I never I never experienced something so instantaneous. Mm-hmm. You know, pills could solve my pain issue, but it took an hour. Certain mm-hmm. things that I would do would numb me, but it took time. Mm-hmm. But God immediately removed all desires to stay That's in wonderful. that darkness. Yes. Like I yes. can't. I, <laughs> yeah, it's grace. It's God's grace. Yeah, it's what God does, and only God can do. Yeah. So I'd like for you to kind. Of, I want to pick up on this, but I'd like for you to kind of like. So tell us some glimpses of what was your knowledge of God through your years, and maybe even looking back now, can you see times where God was there that you didn't even realize He was there in this journey through these turbulent teenage years with all the sorrow and heartache broken relationships what what was what were the influences in your life that as you look back or were there those god moments that you suddenly look back now and say you know what that that was god there oh yeah there um we when i was raised we were very much holiday christians so we went to church on christmas easter mm-hmm. mother's day father's day we even added those oh, okay <laughs> and you know but we were just very much my my grandparents on both sides were very um religious if that's i don't think that's the right word but they went to church regularly okay. faithfully mm-hmm. and um and so we attended on holidays but i always had a craving i looked forward to church i looked forward to getting dressed up i looked forward to singing Mm-hmm. And um, as I grew up, my mom would always take me to VBS at my grandma's church. We'd drive an hour to go to this mm-hmm. VBS over in Williamsburg, Indiana. And um, and then I started going with friends when I grew up. And it's like he was always, to me, yes. those are God moments. That's because exactly right. it was always implanted in me, even if it was once a year, mm-hmm. even if it was just mm-hmm. sporadically. He was showing up and keeping me like the carrot on the stick. Yeah. <laughs> not to not to make it sound that sounds terrible, but you know, it was always I always wanted to go get that carrot. Yes. Whatever it was, I wanted it. And yeah. so and then I remember when I met Jeremy, he took me to a family gathering and I saw his cousin Ashley and she just glow. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. And I wanted that. That's that's what I wanted. And ironically, I had told Jeremy about it, and I had wrote a message to her on Instant Messenger. He said, well, why don't you ask her if she wants to do a Bible study? And I said, eh, you know, I don't know. So I wrote this long instant message, Mm -hmm. 
and I went to delete it and I hit enter instead <laughs> because I was so nervous. I thought, no, forget it. This looks foolish. I hit enter and within less than 24 hours, she emailed me back with a quick response of let's do it. That sounds like a God thing to me. Yes. It? Yeah, it sounds yes. like it. Yeah. So he always, he always was there That's showing incredible. up in ways that I can look back and I can just be so thankful that he never let go. Uh-huh. He never left me or forsaked me. That's even be Even when I didn't know. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. All the way back. Ah, it gives me chills. Still. Oh, it gives me chills. So I'm excited. <laughs> I just, I just revel in how God's grace has worked. So, so you are, you began this journey of seeking after God. Kind of start filling in now, like what's happened, what happened through that journey to bring you where you are today. Yes. Well, my, I've had many, uh, many women of God who have come alongside me. I, you know, of course, I brought Carmelita with me. She's mm-hmm. my current, <laughs> you know, person that I, I definitely cling to. But my my Aunt Sharon, uh-huh. Jeremy's Aunt Sharon, and uh, Sister Brock and Sister Sutherland, those two women. Patsy Sutherland? Uh, yes. yes. Uh-huh. Those oh, two yes. women were the first gals that had me share my story ever. And I went into a woman of worth thinking I'm going to walk out being like nailed in the back (laughs) because this is something that's way off the charts of what they're used to. Right, right. But the love that was shown. Yes. Like I know that that just that I just say because it sums up why I still continue to share my story. Mm -hmm. The love that they showed me in that meeting is why God has given me the grace to continue to share that because I don't think I would have if it would have been a negative response. And to show me that, mm-hmm. you know, some people think we're all, I don't know how to word it, but maybe legalistic. People think some people like me are legalistic mm-hmm. because we wear skirts and have our hair up and all this stuff. And it's those women I cling to. It's those mm-hmm. beliefs that mm-hmm. I agree with. And it's that love mm-hmm. that shows me that we're not legalistic at all. Right. We're just right. children of the king trying mm-hmm. to do what he's called us to do. And... I, I just can't thank them enough for those moments yes, where he's he's given life, people and right. in, in influence in my life that has brought me to where I am. And I've, um, aside from just sharing my story, we've had, we have three children now, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and we've been married 10 years in July 2021. Congratulations. And so yeah. that'll be exciting. Yeah. I hope to celebrate mask-free. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I, I hope these masks are gone by then. Yes, right. but um, and then to to be at a dream job, being the executive director of a pregnancy center, I had no idea that that would be where I I, I didn't believe that I would actually make it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That Lord, you really want me to be in this position? Are you sure? I, yes. You know, and he reminds yeah. me, I don't, I don't call the qualified. I call qualify the called, mm-hmm. and yeah. so I have to remember the positive is that even if I might yeah. might not be qualified on paper, he has a plan for me where he's qualifying me along the way. And who? I mean, with your experience and the journey you've been through, I can't think of anybody who is you know with, with all the training in the world. It's much different when you're dealing with somebody who's been through it and they know firsthand, not only cognitively, but emotionally and everything. They know what that trauma is like, what 
what that young girl is feeling when she comes in and feels like maybe there's no choice, other choice for her. And then suddenly she's given an alternative. She's giving some, given some kind of hope. And I, I think that's great. I, I said this before, I'll say it probably till I die, that when God's grace comes in our life, our pain becomes our pulpit. Our sorrow and suffering becomes our sermon. And our heartache becomes a means of healing for other people. And that's how God redeems our story. God, God redeems not only the good stuff, but even the bad stuff, if we give it to him, he mm. redeems it for his glory. Amen. So tell us a little bit about what First Choice does for women. Just kind of give us like a, the elevator speech. Yes, yes. So we've been open almost 40 years in Muncie, mm-hmm. and we've been open four in Anderson. And we're a faith-based, compassionate pregnancy resource center mm-hmm. where gals can come for spiritual, mental, emotional help. Mm-hmm. And so they can receive pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, options counseling, uh, they can also do parent care, which is an okay. incentive-based pregnancy pro- or parenting program that they can earn baby bucks. And every week they come in and take an educational course, and they earn baby bucks, and they can shop in our store. Mm-hmm. Anything they need as far as baby goes and even maternity uh-huh. clothes, uh-huh. we offer all that. And all our services are free. Okay, that's great. Do you? I may be asking a question I didn't prep you for at all. Some of these, you, you know, I'm asking you stuff I didn't even know I was going to ask you, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's just how this podcast rolls. But, like, on an average, you know, like about how many women will you see in a year's time? Oftentimes, for for any, I know they come for various reasons, but about how many uh, ladies will come through? Right now, we're seeing about a thousand between both counties. Wow, that's and incredible. I, I hope to increase that number dramatically because, of mm-hmm. course, with the Alice and poverty level being around 50%, I know we're not reaching near the amount right. that we need to. But for for COVID, we're doing pretty good. Yes. Yeah, regarding with, with COVID consideration and all. Well, Kaylee, I'm just so proud of you, if I could say that in the right way. So proud of you. And I know uh, others are proud of you. Uh, those who've invested in you, your husband, I know, is very proud of you. And you got a beautiful family, and God is using you in a, just a most remarkable way. Uh, I want you, if you, if I just had this feeling, we prayed about this podcast before we began, and I talked to you about this, that I, I really believe that there's going to be somebody listening out there who has recently found out they're pregnant, or a friend of theirs has recently found out they're pregnant. If you could sit down and have this coffee shop conversation or somebody comes in and sits down with you in the office, what would be just some words that you would want to give to them to let them know that there are, there are other options or whatever? What would you want to say directly to them today? I think the biggest thing is to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what choice you make, you have to understand that whatever you do, you're going to be laying your head down on your pillow every night after that choice. Mm-hmm. Will you be able to sleep? Some gals have. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been brought to a place of healing to where now I can sleep, mm-hmm. but I've never forgotten it. Right, right. And though I 
trust that the Lord will use my pain to not go in vain Mm -hmm. and that someone will choose differently because of my story. That doesn't mean that I promote my story being the option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so a big thing for me is to sleep on it. Yeah. So take people, ladies need to take their time. They need to really sleep on this. And again, pursue other options. Oh yeah. Do your, ask a local pregnancy resource center, reach out to someone who will give you that options counseling that Mm -hmm. we have. We don't Mm -hmm. prefer, we don't refer or perform abortions, but we do our options counseling that gives them all the education that they need to fully understand what their choices are rather than walking blindly. Right. Unlike you who went into it basically not merely being told the full truth of what was going on. And I think that, you know, Jesus said, you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people just are not getting the true picture of what is actually going to happen or what there, that there are other options and choices. So that that's powerful. Uh, if there's, if there's somebody out there that, that says, boy, I would give anything in the world if I could just reach out and connect with you or talk to you or email you or text you something, what would be a, a, a way for them to just reach out to you? Or do you have an email or yeah. some social media way they could connect with you? What would that be? Definitely email. Um, it's Kaylee, K-A-I-L-E-E, at firstchoiceforwomen.org. That would be the best way to contact me. I have removed my Facebook page, or at least my name from my husband's Facebook page, okay. uh, just because of my position. And mm-hmm. so um, that would be email's the best way to get a hold of me. Okay, give it out one more time, would you please? It's Kaylee, that's K-A-I-L-E-E at firstchoiceforwomen.org, all lowercase. All lowercase, great then. Well, and you're also, you have, you're on LinkedIn. Yes, yes, yeah. thank so, you. Yeah, because you got a great, yeah. <laughs> There's so many things, I don't know. Yeah, but LinkedIn, I mean, that would be a great place too for people to find out a little bit more about you. Yes, um, yes. You've got a great LinkedIn page. I've looked at it a couple different times, so you got a great page there. Um, thank you. Yeah, so please look her up on LinkedIn, for those of you that might have LinkedIn. You also are available to do some speaking occasionally. You've spoken mm-hmm. my church. You've spoken a couple other places. So that might be something somebody out there might be op- open to or would like to have somebody come and speak. Yeah. Um, so you're open to that, correct? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, the, the pastor's wife is sitting here, so we got to be real careful because <laughs> I know pastors don't like you to miss many Sundays. You know? <laughs> lucky I, for, I understand that. I am one of those creatures, you know? Yes, so. <laughs> lucky for them, I don't like to miss many Sundays, so it works out. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, Kaylee, it has been a joy to have you here on Hope Along the Journey podcast. It's it's, it's such a joy. And hopefully, well, one of these days, we're going to have you back again on the podcast to talk a little bit more. But thank you for having the courage and the openness to share your story today. And I want to tell all of our listeners that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Yes. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you will reach out to him, he's reaching out to you. And so there is hope along the journey, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Kaylee, for being here, and thank you, listeners, for listening today. May God bless you, and may you truly discover hope along the journey that's found in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, 
Follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.